This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And welcome to Dear Warren Podcast, the midweek podcast this week featuring Warren Games, <laughs> where uh, we are joined by the wonderful Jessica. Hello. And in case you're new to the podcast, obviously, normally we have the interviews with wonderful, wonderful guests on the weekends. In the midweek podcast, we try to do something a little fun between Jessica and I. Uh, sometimes, as you hear on Warren's announce table, we announce over uh, <laughs> professional wrestling matches. In this case, we are covering and reviewing and playing and ranting on a specific video game which we haven't done in a, quite a while because we've been very busy but most recently jessica what have you picked up we've been or i've been well we've been playing uh, golf story on nintendo switch so i would say that you know it came from a couple weeks back i was sort of looking for download only games on the switch so the Switch, for those people who are not familiar, is the latest Nintendo system. You can buy cartridges as per the usual gaming model, or not surprisingly, you can download things from the marketplace and just play them. So Golf Story was highly recommended. Was it uh, was it a Nintendo Switch exclusive, or is it kind of like an indie game? I think that... it's an indie game, so I'm guessing Steam exclusive, but I don't think it's on any other platforms. I think Switch would be the only platform for it. Unless other, uh, uh, like Sony or Xbox, have their own gaming channels. Uh, we don't know as far as exclu- exclusive. How do you say it? Exclusivity. There you, thank you. You're welcome. Jumbling my words. It's late. Uh, yeah. So I think it's just on the Switch right now called Golf Story. And we are covering video games because it is, um, even though it hasn't been as much for me uh, growing up for myself and also uh, for Jessica and also um, as we were together for a while, even before we got married, video games have played a, a good role in our life. Yeah, for sure. And I think as we might have discussed loosely in previous podcasts, you know, separately as children, we both played a lot of video games. Nah, me. A little bit. A little no, bit. No. Typical, you know, Asian kid. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Not stereotypical uh, lady. Yeah, we played a lot of video games. A lot. So you were more Zelda. You yeah, were, I was a you, Nintendo fanboy. Yeah, because back then it was, uh, you know, the, the, the consoles were... It, it, I'm sure now it's still extremely expensive, but also at the same time, I don't think the the culture uh, wasn't pushing towards own multiple consoles. Uh, yeah, no one had money like that. Yeah. So you had to pick one and stick and to it. And also the culture of just like, why would you have multiple consoles? Just like, but also, too, one. when we were kids, I think Nintendo was the only. I mean, really, there might have been Genesis, was yes, probably the Nintendo only Nintendo versus Sega. And then eventually it started kicking up, and then you started PlayStation. Uh, the, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and those were mainly like the big three. Mm hmm continue to be and then obviously also pc gaming but this is all about golf story so why don't you describe uh golf story is it about chess is it about dungeons and dragons is it a first person shooter close it's about golf <gasps> so i would say golf story is very much a like a earthbound with golf so earthbound being an rpg it's very much is this 32 bit I would say this is 16-bit. I'm thinking this is like Super Nintendo graphics. Yeah, so this is very similar to sort of the Stardew Valley graphics, which we've covered before. So it's like 2D. You got little characters, and uh, you play golf. Yeah, so imagine like RPG currency, very Earthbound-esque, and what you can buy and things. But instead of fight sequences against monsters, you play golf and do a variety of golf challenges to progress the game and increase your level. You know what this is reminding me of? It reminds me kind of like Pokemon, but instead of battling with pokemon you travel around the world and you'll play golf to accomplish missions at least that's what that's what it looks like you never really played pokemon though i did you do i played pokemon enough to understand like but but look at it it's an overworld right there's a big you know 2d overworld you move around there's you go into little towns that you interact with characters and instead of uh having random encounters with enemies you happen to run into someone i don't like you I challenge you to a golf match. <laughs> yes, it has that element to it. There's no collection element to it like Pokemon was. At or, least we don't know yet. Yeah, at least we don't know yet. But I think... I, still, at least I am, or and we're both pretty still early in the game. Well, right? I wouldn't really know how to gauge it, but yes, I'm like level 12 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it does have elements of the battle system that Eki mentioned. It does have elements of a RPG, a true RPG standpoint, storytelling. Can I ask why you chose this game as you were looking through the online store and 
knowing the, uh, certain reviews of certain games. Why did you Why did you fall on this one? So. As anybody who games knows, you have a specific genre of game that you like. I tend to do role RPGs and simulation games are sort of my my thing. Um, there are very few games that are well reviewed in the Switch game store. I think there's lots of bad ports. There's lots of games that don't really fit the console. But there's also lots of games that are just not my style. So there are other games that were highly recommended, but they were very much they reminded me of Bastion as an indie game, where they're very pretty. They're very sort of openy and it's it's logical, but they don't really provide you very much structure. Those games are highly recommended. They're not my type of game. Super Meat Boy, things like that are also very popular indie games and also available on the Switch and highly reviewed. I've played them. I just don't like them. So this was recommended. It was in sort of the simulation role-playing game genre. It was consistently in the top five that people suggested. So I took so a chance. So you were, you were pushed in by user reviews, Correct. basically. Always. Always. Oh, okay. Well, when you spend money, of you know. How much, the, how much was this game that, that it's it going for right now? 15. 15. 10 or 15. For an indie Did, download only game is not cheap. It, yeah, I was about to say that's oh, usually uh, the indie download games go for about how much these days? Depends where you get them from, right? So this game on Steam, I'm sure, is much cheaper. So oh, okay. Steam is known as sort of the PC marketplace for indie download only games. They have sales like ridiculous sales. We have tons of games on ours. We know we talked about getting the um, the Steam link, and I'm still considering that. Um, much cheaper to buy them from Steam. Nintendo jacked up the prices and or the developers had to jack up the prices in order to make back. So the indie games that you would think would be less expensive than the cartridge games are not always. I mean, there are indie download-only games that are like $40, which for me it blows my mind because I would never spend $40 on a download-only game. I'm going to attempt to... Uh talk as a filthy casual because lately i've been a filthy casual when it, when it comes so to video games because uh, if you heard on the weekend interview with with the, the wonderful jessica as a featured <laughs> guest I'm, I'm becoming an old guy i'm doing yoga I'm trying uh, to read you know it's terrible next thing you know uh, well how would you describe it hippy dippy something yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna plant, plant mushrooms in the backyard and i'm trying to uh limit my my gaming time so i'm gonna try to explain this game to people who don't game or and why if huh, well you know if if i wanted to pick up the game or i just don't know anything about it why would i do this um golf if you enjoy golf <laughs> if you if you enjoy uh the sense of slowly building your character up and uh getting like little mini rushes of oh leveling up here or there you can go for it if you're looking for a really like fast twitch uh, heart pumping experience. I don't think you're really going to get that there. This is definitely a patient game. This is definitely something where you can veg out and relax. I think it's moving at a pace too, where you can go at your own pace. Uh, they have little, in, as opposed to like straight golf games. Have you ever played straight golf games like a Tiger Woods uh, yeah. PGA or anything like that? You know, I think the RPG elements. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I will I will speak for Jessica because she's actually in the middle of playing. And as you can hear, her speech pattern changed. This it's actually not, it's does, not going well. It, it does, this does require a level of focus and precision, just like, you know, in golf. Yep. Go figure. <laughs> um, but what this does is that um, in case people have played previous uh, golf games, like a Tiger Woods, um, obviously the game is just uh, really focused around actual golf matches. Here you run around, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, show an example of one, like one of the side quests, just like all other games have now. Uh, instead of a main objective to complete the main storyline, you got little side quests that you can finish here or there to earn more money, to earn more experience, which makes your character uh, be able to buy better gear or uh, level up in points so they can... Uh, what are some of the things like precision? You can hit the ball farther. Mm -hmm. You can have a uh, uh, better spin on the ball, which these were all mechanics of, uh, um, you know, some of the more traditional golf games like a Tiger Woods. But one of the side quests is uh, you had to feed the fish. Mm-hmm. And so you had to walk around and there's a, a big lake and with this weird formation of a lake and you see little uh, red rings that represented where the fish are and you had to walk around and there were little fish balls or something on, mm -hmm. the, on, on the ground. You had to go and use your golf skills to hit the balls into the little red rings and you see little fish jump out and, you know, eat them. 
and it tallies it. Oh, you must feed 10 fish. So little things like that where you're still playing golf, but it's kind of you're you're doing little other tasks, other collection quests, other little challenges, but it breaks out of that main, oh, I got to get a birdie here. Oh, I let in the bunker. I'm going to get a penalty. Mm -hmm. Instead, it uses the golf uh, swing system to accomplish uh, sometimes really funny tasks, like hitting people in the head or hitting switches. Well, oh, yeah. Why don't you go on? And I think there's one where you sort of hit the balls in rings, but instead of fish, it's sort of moles, and then they take the golf balls back to the lair, <laughs> and they're bugged so that the groundskeeper can see where the moles are so that they stop destroying his grass. And it turns out the moles are paying homage to this idol that these angsty teenagers created, and then... <laughs> You take away the idol, and then they start worshiping the groundskeeper. <laughs> to uh, so it, it really is sort of lighthearted and casual in that way. So, so it's a story. So you start out not as you. You start out as a boy who I think uh, the, the dad was teaching him something, yep. or and he started showing great potential. And he thinks he starts showing great he potential. He thinks he's starting to show great potential. And then you, you're all grown's up, and you start going on adventure into neighboring towns, and it looks like they're. They all, instead of fighting with magic or, or competing uh, in like a, what is that, like a horse joust, and they all represent the kingdom with uh, combat. Instead of doing that, they all, they all represent their kingdoms with golf. Yep. So that's cute and funny and light in that way, and it's not super serious. So if you're looking for something with a really deep, meaningful storyline, this is not the game for you. But if you want something to just waste 20 minutes a night with to unwind, it's a good game. I, I like it so far. We have about, I have probably about six hours into it, so mm -hmm. really haven't spent a ton, a ton of time, but mm. um, so far it's so good. Why don't you explain the the golf mechanic itself over there, because that's a, a specific type of modes that you can have. For a cutesy looking game as it is, it has a particularly very deep kind of like a look into simulating a golf swing and what you can do with it. Yep. So there's things like wind to factor in. There's things like slope. There are greens, there are roughs, there are bunkers, and there are different ways for how to hit the ball. So top spin, bottom spin, then there's something called precision where you can kind of figure out exactly where you want to put it. And then... Um, what do you mean by exactly where you want to put it? Like if you had... Um, want me to try to explain sure. it? Sure. <laughs> uh, there's a... They give you uh, a simulation, like uh, a futuristic simulation of like, if you choose this club, they actually map out the arc of the ball and where it should land. And with precision mode, you can actually um, back off on your power, right? So that arc represents what would happen if you swung at full power. And with precision mode, you can actually uh, figure out where the ball would land if you did not swing at full power. And it, land, and it affords you that type of accuracy. Yep, and there's also what hit hit mode where you can sort of choose where on the golf ball to hit it. So if you wanted to send it left or right or up or down, um, you can actually sort of get to that level of detail. So realistically, if you had sort of a headwind um, to the right, like you could feasibly then hit the ball in a certain way to sort of account make for a wind. Curve, make yeah. it slice, make it. Uh, I don't think they call it hook. What do they call it? I actually don't know, I don't much know the about golf. golf. <laughs> But the cool thing is that then you can start combining things together, like topspin, along with hitting the top of the ball, along with using precision mode. So you can get some very fancy uh, golf shots uh, that otherwise are not realistic in uh, real life. So that's kind of like the gaming aspect. Well, are they realistic in real life, but just by really good golf players? I would say that uh, you're, you're, you are able to uh, apply specific um, um, backspin or remember that you can actually level up the spin and actually yep. control, actually control the RPM that you put on on the ball, especially when the ball lands and, and it backspins. That's something that you can only be done pretty much in a computer simulation, unless you know. If I had to gather, I, I think Tiger Woods has already mastered that <laughs> in real life. So. He's back on top now. Yes, and you talk about. Uh, I, I remembered um, uh, a former guest, Sean Gordley. He's big into Tiger Woods. He loves mm. him. He loves how he is, uh, how he was dominant back in the day, and is still showing moments of that brilliance even, even today. And he loves him for being a, a needle mover. Mm. And I think I mentioned this in the in the past. And the needle mover is someone in sports where someone who doesn't normally watch the sport will tune into a game just to watch that person, like Michael, like Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jordan, LeBron, Williams, and, uh, Serena Williams, and Tiger Woods. Why don't you keep playing? So I'm at a part where it's not actually golf. So there's also disc golf. Oh. 
where oh, you... Oh, it's like uh, the Frisbee golf. Correct. Right? But um, they, oh, the characters say, don't you dare call it a Frisbee, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> they yell at you. Um, and so you uh, have to get the Frisbees in the... And I'm really bad at this, and I've tried to play it probably like eight times. And it's I a real thing. Every time. It's a real thing, too. Oh, like the sport? Yeah, the sport oh, is sure. actually real. So that you actually have to uh, uh, shoot the disc into a basket as opposed to uh, rolling a ball into a hole. So... Uh, it looks and I've played a round of it or two. It's a it's it's a complicated game of attempting to control the disc and arcing it and making it swing around obstacles. And, and you, when you do it down, the direction changes at inverse and it keeps messing me up. Yeah. So since it's a two D game, normally you can think of like a flight simulator. You know, when you uh, it's an inverted Y axis. So when you when you push the uh, control lever forward, you actually dip down, and then when you pull it back, you actually start coming up. It's kind of the same thing here. Uh, the tough part is that when you're doing a flight simulator, you're always right there in control in the cockpit, and you're looking at it from that point of view of flight. Here, it's a top-down 2D view, <laughs> which can mess you up because when the disc turns around and spins in a in a different direction, now you have to like flip what the controls are automatically in your head is that right yeah and i i I just realized that now and i've done i've played this like 10 times (laughs) um it is not i've already sort of lost twice while we've been talking and as you can hear jess is focused (laughs) on it and the the exhales of uh you know frustration really bad at this is there another mission you can try right Mm -mm. now or even even back up oh you're stuck here Mm -hmm. they don't actually let you uh go like leave this mission to go do something else? Nope. Interesting. Well, there you go. There's a knock against golf story. So it, it sounds like there are certain parts of the game where... I mean, I haven't are, really tried, but the way they have it set up, like mm-hmm. I see no one else around. It, so, it sounds like something... Oh, nice shot. So I got five out of seven. Five. Oh, so you have to hit seven out of seven. Yeah, I don't know if it's seven. It might be seven out of eight or seven out of nine. And luckily with this, they, it looks like they let you retry missions. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they didn't, then what would you do? Mm. But the thing that also kind of sucks, it's one of those things where if you miss like the easy ones, like you, but you have to play all of them, even though like you can't reset it, you know? Yep. Which is really frustrating. So it's like, even though you know, you're not going to make it, you still have to play it anyway. You know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed on like my second day of playing this that you actually got mad at me for playing it. Oh, because you you always play my games. And it's like, it's not your games to play. I bought it. I bought it. Go on. And it makes me not want to play it anymore. Why? Because it's mine. And you always want to ruin it because you always beat everything before I do. Okay. And then I don't want to play it anymore. Even even if I don't say anything. Even if you don't say anything. Because it's not as fun. Because it's my game. And I wanted to play it. And you ruined it. How did I ruin it if I... Let's just say that... um, you don't even know where I am right now. You don't know if I like picked it up and played it when you weren't looking. Right. You're yeah. a monster. What if I told you right now that I already beat it? I didn't, obviously, but... I'd be mad. <laughs> you know, in the end, Zelda comes out, and then you get... No, <laughs> this is really upsetting. Well, now you're just being upset at the thought of me that I possibly played it more than you did. Yeah. Especially, quote, your game, which, oh, 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 come on. You have to be kidding me. Come on. Oh. Come on. She shot a disc um, and arced it around. It missed by an inch. And then you can actually try to make it come around. And basically, it looks like uh, the disc was running circles around the actual basket and finally lost all of its power. I got it. You got it? Woohoo! See? That's all you needed. You needed to yell into the mic. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, why don't you do... Wait. Now what do I do? Do you have to go back to those to the people who actually... Oh, okay. It's having me play the last hole, even though Even though you I got won. seven out of seven. I was a little confused. There we go. Success. <sighs> so I have been trying to beat this part for like a half hour. Like 15 minutes today and then 15 minutes a couple days ago. Oh, that's not too bad. That's actually really, so my, really good. That's well, really good. Well, that's why you beat games <laughs> faster than I do. I give up. I get, I get frustrated. If I see no semblance of progress, and I'm no, no, what I'm saying is like, uh, 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there is better than two hours of frustration of me like banging my head against the wall in order to beat it. You know? Right. Although so I'd like to bro- see that. So you like walked away from it and I leveled oh, up. Leveled up. And yes, you can level up in let's see, power, purity, strike, ability, and spin. 
Power, I understand. Uh, spin, I understand. Strike, uh, I understand. Yeah. Because it's accuracy. Ability and, and purity. Yeah. A little smushy. Here's the other thing. D- did you did you notice that when you leveled up in power, it actually made other... Uh, stats decrease. Stats yep. decrease. Did you ever find out why? Well, or? because if you are hitting further, your accuracy goes... Everything goes... So it's you have to choose. Hmm. So you could be either really accurate at short distances or sort of accurate at long distances. Or you could invest in some power like now and then, but at the penalty of like making the other stats go down and then you have to like sacrifice power one time in order to bring all the other stats up, right? Correct. Ooh. Well, not one time. I think it's just a matter Multiple of... times. Right. I mean, it seems like you could also back off. You can actually D... Oh, yeah. You can, you can uh, always continually... Um, well, I don't know if you can do it at any point in the game, but when you're leveling up, you can take points away and put points back. So you could so you could technically right now take all your points out of everything and just give like everything into I think strike you could. I haven't tried. I haven't tried. I think you can. The way it was read. That's the way. Can I, you do it right now? Can you can you change your stats right now? Oh, I might find something out. Right. See what happens if you like take. T- can you can you like subtract all the points out of like a single thing? No, I can't. I guess only the five points. Oh wait, yeah. Are you doing it right now? Are you doesn't, taking? I don't want to do it because I don't know what I just did, but it looks like you can do. Oh, you can take it out of power only, right? Oh, what happened? Yeah, you can take it out of power. Oh, look at that. And all your abilities go back up. Did I just... Interesting. Did I just actually save that, though? I didn't mean to. I don't think... I don't think it's a matter of saving. I think it... You can change... You can... Can you customize it at any point? I think I just messed it up. No, you didn't. Yep, I did. No, there you go. See? Oh, so you can technically take it out of power and put it back... If you want to, but I can't change any of these stats. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. What do you mean? You there? You go. You're changing them. Oh, look. So Jess is uh, trading off power uh, and gaining a bunch of points that she can spend into into all of her other abilities. But I can't go opposite. What do you mean? So I just spent a point, the power point uh, in the bottom, but I can't put it back in power. I can't take it away from here. Really? Correct. I can only take it away from power. I'm trying to. I can't take it away. It's not working. Mm. So, so I can take it away from power and put it in one of here. But if I do that, then... Oh, it sticks. Yes. So I'm not going to do any more of that. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So it only goes one way. So, so you can so back off of power to up your other stats, but that's interesting. it. Interesting. Huh. Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they only made it one way? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, feasibly, I guess you could take points away from power and let the others naturally go up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I love this. I love how deeply, the, like the past two minutes, we are like, yeah, the power stats. What about your strength? Huh? And, you, I mean, she and everyone listening doesn't care. I, they care. Well, it's a good I game. Think they, if I you think have they a are switch. cracking up over the, the, the um, amount of intensity you're showing over leveling up your, your, your stats in golf story. And this is why hmm. we play video games. Is, is this why? I don't know if this is why, but this is, this is what it means when you play video games. I was like more than half serious when I said, when I say these days, I, I, t- I attempt to be a filthy casual because you try. I, and, and I think I, do, I succeed at it too, because, um, the majority of the time, you know, obviously a side tangent, which is probably good to get into is whenever I sit down on that, oh, even though it's a wonderfully comfortable couch for certain positions, I love that couch. I know. Um, after a while, especially, you know, watching a whole series, watching a whole movie, or you just don't know what, what, what time passes, or if you've seen me just nod off on the couch, Warren, I think I've nodded off like on you. You have and Warren's been awake and he's, he's so, to- and he's so tolerant and you're like, you're like laying all over him asleep. He's, he's like a little like heat conductor. He's so, he's so comfortable. He's it's like a little pillow. He's little goldfish, like looking around, <laughs> watching TV, looking at Is you. Is that what happened? I don't know. Oh, yeah. He was awake. He was just kind of like tolerating it. I mean, you were leaning on, like not obviously hard, but you were leaning on him. And he just kind of was like, okay, just eating his goldfish. Anyway, like, like. For waking, like an hour. Yeah. Like waking up from that and then like, oh, my neck. Oh, and especially my back, which. Uh, these days, yes. Which these days. So. During those occasions, I'm, I've been trying to um, uh, get up, do some yoga, do some stretching, just do something, or or uh, try to minimize a bunch of uh, of a lot of the sitting around that I'm doing. I'm, I've also been a lot more conscious about like my lower back, 
uh, at work. Remember you used to tell me that like a good thing to do is to, what is it, roll up mm-hmm. like a t-shirt a or something? Yep. Sweatshirt, put it in the small of your back and keep it like pressed up. This is what's this is what's flipping uh, <laughs> to now, folks. It's it's switching to uh, uh, unwarranted uh, backseat parenting slash backseat uh, health advice. But um, I, re- I remember on the that sleep podcast, the one where we were talking about like time compression with mm-hmm. learning. He was also saying uh, Matthew Walker was saying that like uh, extended periods of wakefulness, especially past twenty hours, or you know basically to the point where you're just spending like less than six hours uh, uh, a night sleeping, those extended periods of wakefulness is kind of low degree brain damage. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, mm-hmm. you know? So if you, th- if you think of wakefulness as low degree brain damage, you can kind of think of when you sit itself, it's probably very low degree. You're doing damage to your body. Doesn't that make sense? I think that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense theoretically. It doesn't actually make sense scientifically based on what well, we just mentioned. Well, but Well, if you think about it, when you're you're sitting, especially if you sit with bad posture, what are you doing? You're putting unnecessary stress on uh, your, your the discs. You're putting... Right, uh, but if you stand to, for 20 hours, you're doing the same thing to your knees and your ankles. If you lay down, you're doing the same thing to your internal organs. There's like, there's no technically position you can be in that unless you're like i don't know floating in a pool or something and then your muscles exactly. are actually so, there's exactly there's so, no exactly so you're not supposed to be so you're not supposed to be uh uh in in long extended periods of time uh correct that's why they're standing desks and sitting no, desks. Well, well standing desks and sitting and also stretching and also actively working to work out the muscles that are and stretch out said muscles mm-hmm. right especially in your lower back especially in this uh, uh helping to keep your spine aligned you know, mm-hmm. uh, what else? The psoas muscles, um, the, the ones, your hip flexors, pretty much anything that really, really gets uh, affected by sitting around too much. I would even say probably even uh, neck, right? I think people get like uh, when, when they hunch over, they they uh, start to get tightened muscles up uh, around the upper back, around the shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. You were telling me about all this. Yeah, I mean, I have bulged discs in my neck. A lot of people do, but um, a lot of them are asymptomatic, but mine aren't. And um, you just kind of get them for whatever reason, and then they just, you know, your actual, like, the, your spinal column itself doesn't hurt, hmm. doesn't have nerves. Um, I think this is, exa- it's, you know. Go for it. Um, you don't have nerves. So, like, if you have a bulged disc in the neck, like, the pain I feel in my neck is not actually the bulged disc. There are mm-hmm. no nerves there. Um, what it is, it's the muscles around the, yeah. the spinal column. Um, protect trying to protect the neck is what gets inflamed Mm. Um, so the muscles around the neck start to pull at the neck and then sort of increases the pain and it's sort of a vicious cycle so if you do like pt for bulges in your neck or whatever they're doing a lot of like muscle massaging um, a lot of strengthening uh, sort of the um, trapezius muscles yes no here Yes. Trapezius muscles. Yep. She was pointing to her traps. Sorry. Before she was pointing to her, and then she lats. went, no, yeah, nope. the lats. Traps. Um, so you do a lot of like trap exercises, like mm. you put your arms at like a um, 40, you know, 30 degree angle with weights and you sort of lift them up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of stretches around the trapezius muscles and then a lot of massaging of the muscles in your neck to help with the bulge discs. So one of the things that it took me a while to get diagnosed as having bulge discs is that I was actually getting nerve pain in my face. And you'd I be like, this. and yeah. you, you know, I was getting tingling in my face. And so they thought it was like neurological and it wasn't. So basically there are nerve clusters. If you feel the back right above your neck on either side, like right behind your ears. Um, if you ever have a headache, try massaging those areas. Or if you ever have almost like a call, like a surface mm-hmm. headache, you massage those areas, you'll find that it relieves the pressure. So there's nerve clusters there and they control the nerves throughout, you know, your face and your head. Um, and massaging those really helped, but those were inflamed because they were part of the muscles of the neck because of my, you know, Mm. so it's really interesting. Um, I have a couple of back things, but, um, the, the back is really interesting because if you ever look at sort of the physiological, especially the nerve mapping of your, where things come out of your spinal column, they wrap around. So around that time I was also getting chest pain, but it's surface level chest pain. Yeah. So they did chest wall, MRI, x-ray, this, that. Basically, what we found is it was my posture. My posture mm. was so poor combined mm. with, and you think my posture is poor now. It was worse. <laughs> I never thought it was poor. <laughs> so, you I know, just pointed out from time to yeah, time. So, that. you know, your neck and your back. So I had to do a lot of lifestyle changes to help 
fix a lot of that. And I've, I've fixed a lot of it. What were some of the uh, immediate ones or ones that come to your mind when you say lifestyle changes? So I used to sleep on my stomach. Apparently it's horrifically terrible for you to sleep on your stomach. Hmm. Um, the way your spine is, you have to turn your head to a side. Um, one of sort of the things that they said, basically like you cannot sleep on your stomach anymore, which for me, I thought was going to be impossible after many years, I can now sleep in relatively any position. So that was one thing. The second thing was for years, I did do the rolled up sweatshirt. I probably need to get back to it in the lower back in my chair. Um, the other thing was PT. Like I had to do PT for the neck area as well. That's, is, is that where you learn those exercises to do? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, you don't have to do PT. So I've been to PT a lot throughout my life for various different things. And I think a lot of times people hear PT and they think, you know, health insurance, expensive. You have to go so many times. And I think if you're, of course, if your injury is really severe, but those of us who have been around the block a little bit in regards to PT, you just got to go a couple times so you get the exercises. Yes. You have them print them out for you mm-hmm. or you write them down yourself and then you stop going and you do them home. If you can't do them home, you got to go in and you got to do it right. Because then you'll have someone monitoring you and like pretty much yelling at you. Come pretty on, much. you got to do this. Pretty much. Um, so I think, you know, six to eight weeks is generally the prescription for that. I mean, this was years ago. Now I actually went to a physical therapy place in Grand Central Station, actually, um, you know, for that when I was working in the city and um, it made all the difference realistically. Um, Obviously I was taking a lot of punishment to my neck through jujitsu when I was in a car accident. Um, So I am more cognizant of my neck and neck injuries. Sometimes it still hurts to your point when I have to sleep on the couch or, and because you kick me out of bed, just kidding. No, because I'm not feeling well or I don't want to wake you up. Um, I, you know, things like that, it still bothers me, but relatively, um, those are, those are things that I was thinking of just the, the amount of time that we probably spent on screens, mm-hmm. combination of work. And also, uh, you know, looking at the little, uh, Nintendo DS, not DS, uh, <laughs> dating myself, the Nintendo switch screen mm-hmm. itself. So have you found ways to minimize that amount of time? Uh, because if we think of actively sitting around playing video games being, and the postures that we're in affecting our back, we can also probably think of not only wakefulness uh, damaging our brains, but also the constant f- like eye focus mm-hmm. damaging our eyes. Yeah. So I have tried. It's very, very difficult to mm. limit my screen time as much as possible. Um, I always you know, think, hey, if I didn't work on the computer for work, I'd probably play a lot more video games because I could be tolerant of the screen time. Yeah. So right now, because of what we, you know, both of us do for work and because I, I feel like because I work from home as well, I do hyper focus on screens for an extraordinarily long period of time. I do make it a point to separate for lunch and go take a walk and try to be in nature. But I've had a really hard time separating from my phone and, you know, <laughs> I think and everyone, I think screens. And, you know, there's a multi-device thing, too. Yeah. If you're not looking at the screen, you're just glance at your phone. And so what happens is at the end of the day, like I'm burnt out mm-hmm. with screens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still push, right? I want to watch I remember that. Was that, was that, it was yesterday or the two days, two nights ago, where you had pretty much a packed day at work. And then you played a uh, golf story for a little while. And then by the time you were done, you, 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 you were... You were toast. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because there are things I want to do after work that involve screens. I want to watch NXT. I want to play video games. I want to learn things on Coursera or lynda.com like for fun. Mm. I want to, you know, FaceTime with my dad. I want to. So there are things I feel like my entire life, the things I want to do also involve screens. So I have to then change the priority of what I want to do. So things that I've done to kind of. Or maybe find ways to do what you want to do, but without screens. Correct. So, I went to the library. I actually got a book from the Yay. library. What, a bo- what, are, what, are, what are books? I know. I know. <laughs> Especially when I was like, oh, I have Libby, and I was promoting Libby online. You know what? I, this is actually something, uh, credit to you, Warren. We don't have to explain what a book is. Because you love you books. Because actually full, request them. In fact, you use them as a stall tactic. When you go to bed, we tell you to go to bed. That's, that's one thing I think that I am going to continue to overemphasize and make. Oh, Absolutely. I was a huge reader as a kid. Huge. I know you were too. Uh, I want Warren. And you are so far, kiddo. Like, you're going to be a huge reader. It's important for literacy, critical thinking. Um, I was thinking more so just uh, having something that holds his attention without a screen. Oh, yeah. I mean that too. 
I have no worry that he's, you know, he's going to be able to figure out how to use screens. And from what I hear, kindergarten homework. What do you do when you took him to the library? What does he do to those uh, public, publicly available tablets, right? Yeah, so when he goes to the library, that's when he gets his tablet. As funny as that sounds, that's when he gets his tablet time. And then I sometimes lie and say they're broken when they're not. But, um, you know, that's part of it. And I think also as well, from what I hear, kindergartners now have homework online, which I don't know how I feel. Well... There's a, there's a two-part thing to that. Is it online in the sense of you can go online to download said homework? Or does the homework actually have to be done online? Homework has to be done online. Yeah, via, I don't, yeah, apps, I don't know how... A, via apps. Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that at all. Yeah, on iPads and things. I so really... I have friends with kids in kindergarten, and that's a thing. And it's required. It's homework. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that... Well, here's the thing. It's I, easier I, I mean, for teachers to grade. I was a... I was about to say there's probably an automation aspect to it. There's also kind of like save the trees type of thing. You don't have to actually, you know, do anything on, and I on believe paper. And it's probably better for help. the environment. Yeah, I mean, I believe technology can help aid in learning. I just don't know. I don't know the amount. So maybe it's not a lot. I just don't know the amount of um, time. What is the level of interactivity that it has? So there's a, there, there's a big difference between doing your homework online where you would, it's like a calculator app and you just like enter a digit versus you no i think you, it's interactive you, you you like swipe and then like stars go off and then i'm sure it's like you know, that so, and, sure then, and then it starts an giving like yeah. an, an endorphin rush well, we'll to see a screen we'll see i don't know and we have a, quite a while till warren's in kindergarten so we'll see i don't know we can probably even do something as you said uh uh on on your iphone to cut down on screen time yet there was actually an app to turn everything black and white it's not even an app it's actually part of your your iphone so if you double triple tap the home screen Mm. you turn on accessibility mode and accessibility mode you can select to have be black and white for people with you know visual impairments and i would say that's a good it's a good chunk of like that uh kind of crack cocaine you know endorphin rush uh, taken away from you. Right. I mean, there's a science behind mm-hmm. interaction with your phones, the, the, the chemical interactions in your brain when you see certain colors at certain times a day. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, I've gotten so desperate. I've, you know, deleted all of my apps like that are social Again. media apps. Again, I've been through this a couple of times. I mean, I'll still sometimes go to the mobile browser and type it in, but it's not as good of an experience. And that's on purpose because I need to really want to go check it out. Um, but I've removed a ton of apps on my phone. Um, I also obviously get a book. I try to, you know, do things to, you know, reward myself for not being on uh, <laughs> screens. I also, I think, with Warren, I'm, I'm, I, I almost never look at my phone when I'm with him because we only get like, three hours together a day. That's true. So I'm. I try to, and I'm pretty good at it, by you texting me, and we never text you back during those three hours. I think the uh, the. the, the to, to a bit of our credit, you know, uh, is um, whenever he does look at the phone, it's not for actual playing. He goes, picture. Yeah, picture. he wants to he look wants at pictures of himself or us. Which pictures I'm, of the family. It yeah. just so happens that like 99% of the photos that we take are of Warren. <laughs> Sorry, Hobbs. Happy birthday, Hobbs. Happy birthday, that uh, you know, our, our first son. Hobbs will be seven this week. And we'll be giving him baths He's to fight off his itchiness. Itchy dog. Itchy, itchy dog. But it's been working well. It has. It has. So, you know, Hobbs has had like some skin. He has allergies, I guess, but it's almost like a dermatitis. It's, we we just a... haven't been washed. We just haven't been bathing. We used to be good. It used to be um, uh, the directions for bathing him on the shampoo bottle. It's medicated shampoo for him. It was every once every week. We never And then did we did that. once a month. And then we did once. And then we did every other month. And then it was like... When so. he was stinky, I would bring him to a groomer, which we had a couple of negative groomer experiences. So, so for for now, it's it's been consistent, and when I mean consistent, it's been two weeks in a row. Wow. Well, and I think but. you know, you realize, like, to be fair, I asked some friends. Adam said, "Pet like PetSmart has f- pet value does too. We have like a facility where you can mm-hmm. bring them, and we might want to try that as well." Although, but why do that? Doing? I mean, everything's here. I mean, yes, but you know, washing a seventy-pound dog and. Our bathroom can, it's, we, we make it work. It works. It's fine. I make it work. You make it work, but there's hair everywhere. <sighs> no, there isn't. There isn't. You saw. I just no, wash it, rinse I'll, it but off. Have, and, but 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. If, if you're talking about hair everywhere, as in like just in general, like around the living room and then out that, that, yeah, I mean, that guy sheds, absolutely. But, but as far as bathing, it, it's, it's, uh, you've, you've come up, uh, with, uh, getting specific contraptions for the bathtub to capture said any type of hair. Right. You and, know, uh, drain, you know, we so. are, we, I think we've sort of, you, you learn to optimize <laughs> once you kind of figure out what's what. So we're, going to try to bathe him every week and hopefully he'll be less itchy so we won't hear him and i and i want anyone to come up to us and tell us what we're doing is wrong because that's the whole point of backseat parenting even though we do it and we try to encourage it it's encouraging for others to also come to us with unsolicited parental advice and to give it to us about bathing hops no uh about war well yeah well well, yeah doggy parents count too yeah because remember we started giving unsolicited uh uh, doggy advice with uh, the xylitol episode you know well unsolicited and it's a warning (laughs) don't let your dog get xylitol still unsolicited no one asked us but it's a podcast they can't respond i understand that but this is what we do. So since we shove unsolicited parenting advice, or look at look at how good Warren is turning out, we'll probably have a bunch of people at home like gagging. Oh, oh, we get it. Your son is perfect. No, no, he isn't. He uh, he uh, what is it? Hey guys, hey guys. He has a great interrupting pattern. The, you know, he learned that from someone else because I'm pretty sure I don't go guys, guys, guys like as he's fighting for people's attention, and we have to tell him excuse me. Yeah, he's a little bit. He's getting to the he's point where he's starting yeah, to get pushy too. Where if the attention's not on him, he uh, starts to insert himself into the situation. What are we going to do when he does discover what the switch can do? Well, I told you I did play Mario Kart with him once on it. <gasps> did I not tell you? <laughs> Pushing the mic away for a bit. <laughs> Go ahead, fly solo for a bit as I. As I stew <laughs> As you process this information. This. No, I'm going to stew over it. It wasn't very... It was a long, uh, uh, spiteful sip of my if tea. If it makes you feel better, it wasn't very successful. It was for like 10 minutes. And then I realized what a bad idea it was because he's going to break it. <laughs> so he pulled it out of the dock, handed it to me and said, what's this? And then he turned, he pressed the button, it turned on the screen. So I was like, all right, Mario Kart was in because First Mario... First gaming experience is supposed to be with the... No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Uh, so we got the little controller out and obviously it's Mario Kart. So he kind of autopiloted it. He was bored. He really didn't get it. It was fine. It lasted literally 10 minutes. (sighs) Anyway. Okay. Speaking of video games, let's see if we can get back to golf story. Now that you've finished the, uh, uh, this disc golf side quest, um, what's next? I don't know. It, it looks like a lot of ex- exploration. Yeah, there's people. I can't see. I'm so old. Let me see. To be fair, you are playing. We, we, we used to have uh, the bigger screen TV, you know, uh, out on the dining room table. And this was obviously pre-Warren really, really picking up his uh, paint skills game, which uh, he enjoys finger painting now. And so the dining room table, wow, actually has to be used for more things than my podcast studio. So we've downgraded just to the simple Nintendo Switch screen itself, and Jess is squinting, and she's not wearing her glasses. So we know that uh, what she's seeing right now is a blur. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right, hon? Yeah, pretty you could, much. If you want to, please, I, I don't have to look at it. You can pull it closer to you. Go ahead. Are you sure? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. And um, as I've also learned from uh, Jessica playing the game, that being able to play uh, and focus on a video game while doing a podcast and talking into the mic and keeping a conversation is... It's really hard. It is really hard. I've tried it once or twice, and that's why I consider... Uh, uh, no, I did not consider. I actually do enjoy just sitting here and backseat gaming you as you are... Uh, attempting to play this game as well, too. But I was told mm-hmm. that the next one we should invest in, as far as indie games, is Hollow Knight. So that was the one that I was referring to earlier, but I didn't remember the name, where it's very Bastion-esque. What do you mean by bastion Bastion what, is a game reference. Yeah, I mean, well, if you don't know the game, then it's hard. It's, I don't know what, it's like almost like a side-scrolling. It's very pretty, but very not structured. So they don't tell you what to do. You just kind of like have uh-huh. to figure it out. I don't like that. Ooh. <laughs> as you t- as you explain it to me, I'm like, ooh, uh, action, right? Like swords yep. and fighting monsters. 
Yep, up my alley. Yeah, I think it's probably more up your alley than it is mine. Um, but yeah, that's probably something else. Maybe we will get that. And also, I think we've brought it up from time to time that there may be another console um, being added to the family. Well, you uh, most likely get a, a PS4, right? Most, yeah, most likely a, a PlayStation 4. But we will we will see what circumstances uh, allow that. Because uh, once again, trying to go hippy-dippy, trying to... I, I love how you're like, I'm trying to limit screen time and not play video games. And you're like, we're going to get the PS4. Well... For specific contexts of, uh, specifically the holidays are coming up, I think there's going to be downtime. I think there's going to be, uh, especially with uh, a lot of cold, not being able to go out as much, may, there's there's going to be an increased percentage of being uh, locked, in the, locked in the house. All right. What uh, mission are you attempting to do now? Or what, what's the region that you're in now? And This is called... Cheeky Beak Peak. <laughs> what were some of the other regions? I think they they do a good job with the the, names? the, cute, the cuteness of it. I don't remember them. There was like a dinosaur do you know, one. Do you know which, what studio makes golf stories? Is it, is it the same studio as... Uh, no. Uh, what is it? Stardew Valley is a, like, like a single person. Yeah, Stardew Valley is literally a single person. Uh, it's amazing. I do not know who makes golf story. I actually had a discussion uh, with coworkers about... Um, kind of the expression of uh, the creative process in making a, a game. Mm-hmm. So remember how the previous podcast we were talking how we don't know what we're actually talking about or saying. Like we have an idea of where we want to go with a conversation, but it's kind of like a lot of the stuff gets created on the spot. Mm-hmm. I would say like 80% of the, uh, of the topics besides golf story was just on the spot. I'm wondering um, what kind of games are out there, especially video games. It's probably not as representative of a medium for uh, kind of that on-the-spot creativity um, because usually games are from, you know, the big-time studios where you must make us this game. It must make us this much money. You must make sure it hits these, this, this, and this stat, you know, mm-hmm. where a game is released simply because someone was trying to figure out, hey, I want to know if I can tell a story like this, mm-hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden you just have this, something else that's just not standard. That's not your Call of Duty. It's not your Assassin's Creed. It's not your, what is it, Grand Theft Auto. It's something completely different. I would argue maybe even Golf Story is a, is a result of that. Maybe someone was like, hey, I want to see, I want to take a simple golf mechanic and I just want to see how far I can... T- Let me see if I can build a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then you get golf story. Well, it's kind of the freedom of indie developers, right? Yes, like you just exactly. Don't, mm-hmm. You just don't need to care about if anyone buys the game, who cares? I mean, there are enough engines to create games where you can literally... Anybody can create a game. And that's sort of what happened with Stardew Valley. There was a, a gap because there wasn't a good Harvest Moon. There's been no good recent Harvest Moon or Rune Factory games. And, um, you know, there, everyone who played Harvest Moon hardcore, I don't know if hardcore is the right word, or like me, like you played it a lot in a lot of different iterations, there were things you wanted to do you never could do. Mm. So there's someone came along and be like, I'm going to let you do all the things you couldn't do before. But at that point, it's not really uh, an, an exploration in uh, like creativity on the spot. It was someone wanted this to happen. Well, there was a niche that needed to be filled. Exactly. But they did it as one person exponentially. In other words, well. in, in other words, you think uh, the people were out there? We must make an open world golf game where, you know, I, I have to read know. the history behind it. But I find that interesting. That um, I like that this has become. Um, even more of a viable, quote, art form. I think I remember reading years ago, uh, it was either Siskel or Ebert, one of those uh, uh, critics, where they dismissed video games as an art form. And obviously the definition of art is subjective, Mm -hmm. um, but as far as what you can do with software, or even in, in this case with video games as a specific subset of software, it's beautiful in the set in the sense of interactive mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. and just being able to um, tell a story through it or just have a simple mechanic that tells the story. I really, really appreciate um, uh, any in- indie artist out there, uh, indie game developer that en- not, not only en- enjoys making games, but ha- kind of has like an inner question uh, uh, to themselves of, um, and I'd like to think this is how 
uh, the next game I, I, I mentioned uh, came to be. Remember that game I played, uh, Papers, Please? That Russian mm-hmm. passport game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I, I think the the developer at the end uh, admitted that he just wanted to simulate what what life was like back in Cold War Russia working as a border patrol guard stamping passports and that's literally what the game was um, but it explored uh, interactions between like you would get someone who, who was saying please please my family is sick over there in this town you can I will give you anything please let me in and then at any point you can just stamp approved or 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 something of the sort and see how the story plays out which i thought was very interesting who would have thought to make a game that just around approving or uh finding counterfeit passports you know apparently someone right? apparently someone and i i'd like to think um and obviously i haven't read the, the total story behind it i could be totally wrong and even if i am totally wrong i still would like to think that the the actual process exists out there, especially for indie game developers, where they had this question in their mind that they really didn't know the answer to mm-hmm. of what would it be like if I tried to do a, a game that was just specifically about passports and we put like a, a level of morality in there mm-hmm. and we do something where it's not about entertaining uh, the, the end user or, or whoever plays the game. It's they just experience something. In this case, we're able to simulate the experience of and tell a story of just how harsh it was in Russia at the time. And maybe he didn't even have that exact vision at the end. Maybe it came along as he was programming and like, oh, I can do this. Oh, maybe I can introduce a character who uh, has a sick family and needs to get across the border. <gasps> maybe that. It, maybe I can insert a morality aspect into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something where just through playing around with the game, it actually built the game up for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a bunch of everything, right? So when you have mm-hmm. think of how many games are successful, there's probably thousands that are not. I think just like anything else, you're going to get a bunch of people who plan things out, a bunch of people who don't, and a couple sleeper hits in there and either way. I, I will, yeah. Um, there is a definite nod to um, there's a level of success you know, success usually being the money that's spent on the, the game in the end that determines if it's a success or not. That obviously the, the, the most balanced approach is, as he said, to have a plan, <laughs> to have a marketing team, to have QA. No, have, not for any developer, just to like plan out the game before yeah. so you end up with a decent exactly. game. And I think that's uh, the, the way that happens with uh, um, if we have English majors out there when you write a, when you write a short story or when, when you write an essay, there's ways you can go about it where it's much more structured you probably haven't have an ending in mind and then you work backwards or uh musicians you probably have the lyrics and you know you want to hit this verse this course this bridge and you you need to write a ballad you need to write an upbeat song versus you're sitting there and you're just doodling one day and all of a sudden oh my god what is this what what am i creating right here this is really cool and Mm -hmm. it's like a spark it's a spark that, uh, that eventually turns into, uh, what do you call it, an ember, and then it smolders, and then the next thing you know, you've actually built something. And why are you smiling at me like this? Because you're the artsy-fartsy one at the table. I'm like, Artsy-fartsy. Oh. Artsy-fartsy. Talking about the creative process. Yes. I'm one of the least creative people. <laughs> oh, don't. You sell yourself short on, I'm, on that. I'm fairly linear. You sell yourself short on that. You have you have the creative process, and you, you don't even know it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll put it to you this way. Mm. Do you know, uh, do, do you have a rigid plan whenever you're rolling uh, or sparring in jiu-jitsu versus what you do in uh, sparring in taekwondo? No. Exactly. What do you think is happening on the spot? Yeah. That's right. That's a creative process uh, too, folks. I'm trying not to die. <laughs> <laughs> Martial artists, okay? And as, as you know, whatever sweep, whatever choke that you know, it that that you you try in practice that's taught to you you're never gonna hit it well you know depending how good you are you may be able to hit it like that but you're never gonna hit it exactly the same every single way and there are a bunch of times when you're going against your opponent they know it's coming so what do you have to do you gotta figure it out you gotta figure out how to get past that guard you gotta figure out how to pass you gotta figure out how to sweep this guy who or girl who just will not tip over 
So, and you do. And, and then you just, sometimes you will come up with shit on the spot. The most beautiful thing. Mm. Now imagine that and you apply, you apply the general principle of you, you kind of know what the rules are, but then there's just this big area of this is where human expression comes into play. And it is the artsy fartsy. Yep. Stuff coming Human into play expression, again. Human expression, creative process. Ooh. What is this? Who do you think you're talking it's to? The it's the tea. <laughs> it's the tea. It's 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 uh and and you're my muse. Oh, so it's, oh. is that it's what sparking it is? all of this uh, gibberish that's coming out of me right now. <laughs> but you know that's it's something that as I was playing uh, golf, story. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I, I kind of thought of uh, in in the back of my mind as well too, because who would have thought? that um, from the very first day that uh, video games were made or software was made, someone said, you do know that this can do your taxes and it can help calculate um, your mortgage better. And one day you'll also be able to play a, an open world game where, you, where it's all about golf and you interact with characters and learn and grow that way. No way, you know? Mm. So it, it's kind of... With anything, I think once people like really master the rules of something and you do it over and over and over until it becomes automatic, people just become bored and they just start twiddling around, they start doodling, and then the next thing you know, oh crap, I just create, I, you just started something by accident. And it, and it just, and that's a result of being, I guess, human. I guess. I mean, you're just talking about U.S. games, like globally. <gasps> the games are yeah. amazing. I don't even know what, you know, think about like the number one. Belgian, Belgium-based. There's a specific studio game. in uh, Japan, Atlas, A-T-L-U-S. Huh? Do you remember Trauma Center on, mm -hmm. on DS? Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that they would have been able to make a game around, uh, you know, being a doctor and actually performing uh, said surgeries? I mean, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, build a whole storyline around mm -hmm. that and to start testing your morality. Because I remember, like, one of the missions was, here's this high-powered uh, exec CEO who uh, manufactures basically poison mm -hmm. and like destroys the environment, but you still have, are you going to save him or not? And, you know, and you know, the storyline will then branch from there. If you decide to not successfully pull off the surgery or you do, you know, so mm -hmm. it plays into that pretty much how, you know, there's a specific mechanic in here with a uh, um, golf story and it all it does is it increases the immersion that a human will have when interacting with the game. Which you know what else reminded me of? Remember when we used to play World of Warcraft? There was always like a prompt on the loading screen saying, "Remember to get some fresh air." Or <laughs> it's like you know, <laughs> the most Blizzard, Blizzard's feeble attempt to get people off of the computer. Like that's how bad you know your game is so good when literally you have to remind people to not play your game. It it reminds me of uh, the the Surgeon General warning on a pack of cigarettes. It's like you will die when you smoke these. This, just this so is you know. this is how good we know our product is. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna put a label that says you're gonna die if you if you if you smoke this, but you're gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. anyway, I know. And so this is, I think, why. Go back to talk about screen times, mm. why it's so incredibly hard in today's day and age to limit the screen time. And that's all I want to do lately. And still, it's really hard. You just have to recognize that it's a uh, it's all a chemical process that, that if you start uh, thinking about, hmm, this level up process is here where it's arduous and it's very small incremental improvements and that's all done on purpose okay mm -hmm. that's done to also keep, keep me sucked in the simplicity of it is also oh i mean i'm aware of what's in. being what's happening well, well, yeah once you like really think about <laughs> that <laughs> well, i'm sorry it's still gonna happen like i even though i know yeah. it's yeah. still it's still happening so i think part of it is then do after work do i just not look at screens at all at all at all and take up gardening or something <laughs> Well, you, you have a, uh, you, you can, uh, what's the term for something taking care of the seeds? Sow the seeds? Well, is yeah. that the term? You can, uh, and what does that mean exactly? Sow the seeds is what? Like to plant the seeds? Is it? Yeah. Is it also mean to like, like nurture it and to... Oh, I don't know. What, is there a term for nurturing and taking care of the seeds to make sure it grows? Uh, I'm not a gardener <laughs> yet. <laughs> I don't know. Well, whatever that term is, you can see how... how loopy i am i'm only in my artistic expression phase okay i don't have my exact science you're down so yet. soft uh, 
But whatever that nurturing stuff is, you do that with, <laughs> with Mr. with Mr. Warren. That's what you can do. And right. and and Warren reminds us over and over that uh, he he's he should be the focus of our attention. Hey, hey guys, hey guys, <laughs> hey guys. How about and and the latest now? He's also been grabbing you, right? Come, oh yeah, right. What's he doing? Get up, get up. No, don't do whatever. And he'll and he'll take you by the hand, right, up, and pull get you. Get up, get up. Play, marker, <sighs> fire truck, sit. So there's your advice, folks. If you want to like get off the computer or get off the screen, have uh, more children. <laughs> have a children or have a dog or whatever. Someone that will tear you away, like physically tear you away from the. That from, seems like a terrible reason to have children. Is is a terrible advice? Yes. Does rank up there in terrible advice? It's pretty bad. I think I will end the podcast with, oh, on, on that. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. Is there any other final words you would like to put in the wonderful Jessica? I mean, it's one of those things is like, oh, if your marriage is, is not doing well, just have kids. That'll fix it all. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I thought we were wow. upping, I thought we were upping wow. bad advice. No, wow. don't do that. Don't have children when your marriage is in a bad place. <laughs> don't have children ever then. Buy oh. golf story, folks. <laughs> Available in the Nintendo eShop for, for 15-ish for for 15-ish dollars, and you too can also <laughs> start to have these epiphanies and complain about, life. about the amount of screen time you have. <laughs> we want to thank everyone. Um, we will alert uh, everyone as soon as we have our our next weekend guest. Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Of who that because will be? We haven't found them yet. <laughs> And we will see you next time on the next Midweek Podcast with the wonderful Jessica. Thank you very much, Jess. See ya.